0: You are locked on Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. And today, who are the five big players? The five names, those big time shots that you can expect to break out in 2021 for the Texas A&M Aggies. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. For those of you watching on WFAA, look right down below. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Follow me for all great content on Texas A&M. Tell me what you want to hear. We are on five days a week. I will add it into the mix. Secondly... Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 May related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes and listen on Spotify, or you can get your podcast listening systems wherever you want at LockedOnPodcast.com. So before we talk anything about Texas A&M football, we got to talk a little bit about Texas A&M basketball. Buzz Williams, what he is supposed to bring to this program is... Stability is winning attitude is that kind of mantra that most coaches don't have in the SEC, mainly because if you know who the competition is, it's really when you break it down, Kentucky, it's Tennessee, good luck. Seriously, good luck. I mean, Auburn's supposed to be that third team, and they're not this year. That's because of, you know, self band That's because of what they've lost in the NBA draft. That's because of what's happened over the last couple months. All that plays a big, big factor into it. But A&M is one of those teams that a few years ago made the call to try and get better. They were alongside with Mississippi State when they added Ben Howland. They were alongside Alabama when they got rid of Avery Johnson, who was not a bad coach, but they went for NATO to Buffalo. They are alongside Eric Musselman, who left from Nevada to go to Arkansas. And, of course, Buzz came from Blacksburg, Virginia, from Virginia Tech, to come to Texas AM. and you got to see an early presentation of what could have been for Texas A&M in Starkville on Wednesday night when they took on the likes of of course the Mississippi State Bulldogs. It was a marvelous second half from this A&M squad who was able to stun one of the better teams, one of the highest scoring teams in the SEC in Mississippi State 56 to 55. For anyone who did not remember this from yesterday, we said on the podcast AM has to score 56 points. If they score 56, nine out of 10, they will win. When they don't score 56, nine out of 10, they lose. AM scored exactly 56 and they won. This is what I'm talking about when it comes to defensive performances. A lot of things people don't realize in basketball is as great as your offense can be. You can be shooting, you know, 78% from the field goal range. You can be shooting, you know, 55% from three-pointers. You can be 85% from free throws. You can be great and continue to score. But if your defense can't make stops, you're going down to the wire. That's something that Mississippi State, if you look at their record, has been having trouble with. A couple games ago, it was against Vanderbilt. They ended up going down to the wire against one of the worst teams in the SEC in basketball. Final score, 84-81. to I think it's the second highest scoring game in SEC conference play this year, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's the second highest. That just shows how dominant an offense can be. But if you have no defense... It really doesn't matter. It's always going to go back to kind of the conversation. A&M had uh, 13 points. Uh, They were down by 13 points at the second half. They took a 56-52 to lead with back-to-back buckets by Andre Gordon into the final minute. Later trying to protect that one-point margin, sophomore Emmanuel Miller deflected a Mississippi uh, pass out of bounds. That meant time expired. The Aggies improved to 2-3 and in conference play. Buzz Williams said after the game, "I thought it was the most together we have played relative to the recipe that is required for us to be in the game. Uh, they we scored 66, 56 points. That is our average. The team who is now eight and five in Mississippi State dominated the backboards. They, uh, I think, led, if I'm not mistaken, 12 or 13 points with um, 12 or 13 uh, more rebounds." than a had. On top of that, you were able to kind of get a little bit more of struggles from the other opposite side from uh, Mississippi State players. Andre Gordon, I think, led the way last night with 11 points. No, J.J. Chandler led the way with 12 points. Andre Gordon had 11 points. Emmanuel Miller had 10, a little bit less than his normal average. But AM was down by 11 at halftime. It was a low-scoring game. This is a team that I thought was going to be One of those more higher scoring matches. I thought the way that Ben Howland's defense is played all season would make this a less appealing game. Instead, it was a higher scoring game in favor of the Aggies uh, defensively, when you really think about it. Uh, Hassan Diera of Mississippi State had... 13 points. Uh, Adula Adeo had 17 points. In the second half, uh, the Aggies were able to force eight turnovers and they only gave up 11 rebounds. Iverson Molinero just scored four of his game-high 16 points in the final 20 minutes. So they limited their best score from pretty much, I think it was two buckets, uh, a layup and a jump shot in the middle. That was all it was. So a played a very good defensive game. On top of that, uh, the Aggies went on a 9-2 run to take a 52 53-52 50, uh, lead with 2 minutes and 38 seconds to go. Then, of course, you had the alley-oop from uh, Andre Gordon to Savion Flag. That really set up what the game was going to be towards the end of the game. Uh, Miller, of course, knocked the pass away. It clinched A&M's second SEC victory. This was a defensive effort that helped A&M improve Uh, are on the overall SEC record. I think now they move up from 10th to 8th in SEC rankings. And we look at how this team is playing. They're playing together. They're playing quality basketball. More on top of any of that, they're making consistent plays that allow this team to keep the ball moving forward. This is what you want when you're Buzz Williams. A lot of things people are saying is, when are we going to be good? When are we going to be good? Basketball in the SEC, it's not about being good. It's about being consistent. There are always going to be games you're going to drop. There's always going to be games where you come out sluggish in the first half and you can't come back. You watched that against LSU. You definitely watched that uh, this past weekend against Tennessee. I mean, they hosted Tennessee at home. They were down, what, 14 at halftime? It was a sluggish first half. And they made it closer towards the end of the game. I think they lost by eight. But you have to play consistent. To be good in the SEC. Games are not going to be one or lost. By a bucket or two. They're going to be one or loss 9 out of 10. By who's the more constant team. Which team comes out. And consistently puts up. The same amount of points each night. And that's AM's average. Their average is 55 points per game. They got over it. They got over it. By one. That one. Got them to the win. Sometimes you have to wonder what's going to happen next. AM faces off against another top 25 opponent this upcoming Saturday uh, when they take on the likes of the Missouri Tigers. We're actually going to be doing a crossover podcast that you're going to want to listen to on Friday's edition of Locked on Aggies when we break down with Locked on Mizzou, what we can expect from this game. College football season might be over, but that does not mean that sports are over. We still have the NBA with a bunch of crazy trades going on. We still have a ton of content when it comes to breaking down all things about college basketball. And, of course, the MLB will be back sooner before we know it. That's why you're going to have to make a lot of bets this upcoming offseason. And the one place we go to and the one place we trust is betonline.he. Stop sitting on the sidelines and go visit betonline.ag right now. They have the best lines, the best bets, and the best numbers for all things college basketball, NBA, plus headlines around all sports across the world. And go visit them on social media at betonline underscore, don't forget that underscore, ag for all the updated information, all the highlights to get you ready. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus off your first deposit. That promo code is Locked On. That's half a bet already back in your pocket. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson, back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Locked On Aggies. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. And While you're at it, 2021 is over. Make sure that now you are listening to the Lock on Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. They give you all the information, all the best lines, all the best numbers you could ever have. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So, Texas A&M, good year. Nine and one to close that out. There's a lot of good things to look forward to with the future of the team. The biggest thing is, you have to replace one of the most important positions in quarterback. And we kind of talked about this yesterday. However the offensive line works together, that's how you decide who plays quarterback. If you feel stable with your offensive line, which Jimbo Fisher apparently does, the five best players will be out there. Whoever they are, they'll play whatever they need to play. At that point, AM will be in charge of making sure they play the right quarterback. But sometimes quarterback does matter. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, when you really think about it, guys like Mac Jones had a ton of weapons. He also had a bunch of breakout guys like John Mechie, like Brian Robinson. You look at uh, Florida, Kadarius Tony was like a name that most people remember him as kind of a mid-round guy, probably someone who could be an NFL player. He's getting first-round conversation. This is what the game of college football is. It moves in the right direction every single time, which means you're always going to have breakout players. So let me ask you, if you were to pick right now, who would be your breakout player for Texas A&M in 2021? Don't have to worry about it. We're going to break it down right now. Number five on my list. Guy, we have no idea what he's going to be but he was fantastic in high school. I'm going to go with Fadil Diggs. Fidel Diggs, what he can bring. Sorry about that. Fidel Diggs and what he can bring to a team is phenomenal. He's a strong side pass rusher that's going to be coming up and playing alongside DeMarvin Leal. He was known back in New Jersey for constantly terrorizing quarterbacks. I think I looked at his stat line. I think he had, in three years, 63 sacks, like 95 tackles for losses at Woodrow High School. Who does that? Like, seriously, who does that consistently? Maybe it's because the talent level is different when you leave each state, but you don't see those numbers in Texas. The best players in Texas maybe get 15 sacks, 16 sacks on a year in a 10-game schedule. The guy was doing 20 sacks a season. He's getting 25, 28 tackles for losses. You pair him against DeMarvin Leal, you have him working on rotational style. This is one of those guys who plays that third-down blitzer. That's the thing that you have to really look at when trying to compare defenses nowadays. You no longer just have your basic four, three or three, four, you have four, two, five systems, you have uh, you have three uh, three, two sixes. you have dime nickel formations, you have guys who will only play the nickel role. you have guys who will only play a dime safety. you have guys who will only be a third down pass rusher. They're two down players. That's what defenses are in today's NFL, in today's college level even. It's no longer oh best 11 guys out there. No, it's best 11 guys for situational football. That's where I think a guy like Fadil Diggs comes in. You can have him play a situational game. Maybe he's only good for run support. So you see them line up in the I formation, you want him in the backfield. You want him making a big time play. You want him setting yourself up for a moment that will be unforgettable. That's what you want if you're a team like a Somebody who can just continue to add to this defense. Someone who can continuously bring the pressure, bring the dominance, bring the pain, continue the maroon goon style of play. You want that. I think Fidel Diggs has that. Number four. I'm going to go... It's going to be tough. I'm going to go Josh Bankhead. The thing is with Bankhead... He's playing a position that may be open and it may not be. He's behind Kenyon Green on the depth chart at that right, uh, that left guard position. Green, as was said, and we were on a press conference yesterday with Jambo Fisher. It was said that Green possibly could be moved anywhere. This is an all American style player. And they're saying, if we have to play him at right tackle, we'll play him at right tackle. If we have to play him at left guard, we'll play him at left guard. If we have to play him at center, we'll play him at center. That's just what he is. He's that talented of a player. He's that good of a name. So wherever he plays, you're going to have to have other guys come in. Bryce Foster a name that's going to definitely, I think, be in the conversation for starting as a freshman. I think Chris Morris, depending on how – Jimbo wants to handle what happened with him in Miami moving forward. He could be a left a left tackle prospect. He was behind Dan Moore. I think, though, what happens is you're going to see Ruben Fathery and Moore's battle it out for the right tackle spot. I think you're going to see Green, if he has a good camp and Moore struggles or Fathery struggles, he's going to play the left tackle and Bankett's going to come in. The reason I put Bankhead on this list is because look at offensive lines in today's league. AM allowed four sacks last season. Just four during the whole regular season. And two came in week one. So they allowed two sacks through nine games to Calem Bond. You also have three running backs. Not just one good running back, you have three great running backs. Three that are so fantastic. Everything they do helps them develop into a brand new talent at a high-end level. You take all of that into consideration. You put all that down and you, you have this thought process of what could be. You have to start in the trenches. It always starts in the trenches. I think that as important as a left tackle is against the pass rush, A&M going into next year is going to be a run team. They're going to have to be a run team. Because you don't know what you have a quarterback. So you have to win that A and B gap. You have to be dominant in the, that A and B gap consistently. Foster, he's a four-star talent. Fisher is kind of from the Saban degree. Doesn't like playing freshman unless he has to play freshman. That could be the case. I mean, there's a lot of different talent up there. There's a Koye, a moody I, mean, I, I completely butchered his name. I know that. But you have him and you have Bankhead. Bankhead came from a high school, and I know this because he went to my high school, that's a run-heavy high school. That's what you need. You need someone who's going to play that run-heavy scheme. So that's what I would do looking ahead. Sometimes in life, things aren't always easy. Sometimes in life, things are always hard. But one thing you have to consider, yeah, to get from point A to point B. What happens when your car breaks down? 9 out of 10, you bring it into the shop. They sometimes have to get a brand new part shipped to them, and they have to pay a service fee to get it installed. Why do that? Just skip the middle step and go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have a variety of parts depending on the model, the makeshift, and the year. So if you want to refurbish an old classic or just for your daily driving car, they have the part that you need. The unique catalog also is super easy to navigate. Pick out the car, pick out the part, pick out the model, and pick out the year. Plus, they are always affordable prices. Go to rockauto.com and type in "Locked on on the how to hear about section so they know that we sent you amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. rockauto.com is the place to be. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you listen to the Locked on SEC show with Chris Gordy. The NFL draft is coming up. College basketball is right here. Gordy's going to have on perfect guests talking all things SEC going into January, closing out February, and getting us ready for this spring season. Subscribe to Locked on SEC wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So let's talk about number three. Three is Caleb Chapman. Caleb Chapman has to be the breakout guy because if, I think he would have been the breakout guy this year. I think what you saw from him in such a little capacity last season makes him the breakout guy. He was a vertical threat. He was great size. And he took down a defense that really was god-awful. But he also was consistent. He moved the ball. He was the best in the open field. I think before his injury, he led the team in receiving yards. And I think he was number two in receptions behind Anaya Smith. I can't include Smith on this list because I think Smith is in a whole different area. I think he's a breakout player in the sense of first-round talent breakout player, not a superstar that's going to come out of nowhere. Everyone knows who Anaya Smith is at this point, but people don't know his draft grade. Chapman is a vertical threat with good size, good speed. A quarterback needs that. And you kind of look at what A&M has and Hezekiah Jones and Nice Smith. Those are slot guys, check down guys. Yeah, Chase Lane, who can work the middle of the field. Damon Demas, I want to put him on this list so bad, but there's a reason he didn't play this year. What's going on there? I got to know more about it. He can be that possessional receiver too. But you need that vertical threat. If Demas can show that he's that vertical threat, there we go, conversation's over. Now you have two possessional guys, two slot guys, and a vertical threat. Until then, there's one vertical threat, and that's Caleb Chapman. If he would not have been injured this year, I wonder how much that would have affected a and passing. It wouldn't have mattered. They still would have lost to Alabama because they already played Alabama with him. But it would have been interesting to see, would they have been the number 2 passing offense in the SEC, maybe the number 4 passing offense in the SEC? I think they were 5th in passing, 5th or 6th in passing this year in SEC play, would they have out jumped teams like Mississippi State? Would they have been able to be in that same conversation as an Ole Miss? Because having that arm that Kellen had, he didn't have a receiver that was able to get downfield that fast. Chapman was the guy and he was out in week three. So it'll be interesting to see what he can bring starting in week one of next year, plain simple. Number two. People are probably going to say, I'm going to go with the quarterback here. I'm not. I'm going to go with Antonio Johnson. Johnson was a name that was so close to being the next superstar. He was number one safety out of Illinois. He was, I think, the number five or six safety of the country at the time when he was getting drafted, uh, when he was getting recruited. And he was a four-star talent that kind of got lost on the depth chart. He was just a name that was like, okay, he's going to play special teams. Okay, well, we're going to play him at safety for this dime formation. He's going to be out there for a few plays. And then Devin Morris gets hurt and he steps up in the nickel. I don't know how many of you guys watched those last two games, but I kept watching number 27. 27 was everywhere on my screen. He was making plays, he was consistently adding pressure. He was great against the run against North Carolina. He was good in coverage. He tipped the ball that actually led to an interception against Tennessee. He's done a little bit of everything. And Jimbo Fisher talked about this in the press conference a couple days ago. You no longer have safeties and cornerbacks. You have DBs. Who fits what where? To have a guy like Antonio Johnson allows you to be a little bit more versatile, a little bit more powerful, a little bit more kind of everything that you really think about. It's what you get brought to the table that gets you a starting job. It's what you bring that another player doesn't have that gets you more reps. Johnson's fast as a corner. He hits like a safety. He plays the run. Willing tackler. Some guys are just really good in coverage. Some guys are just really consistent at smaller stuff. I, I mean, there's a bound, there's a there's a limit. And, and it's very clear that his limitations are not there. He can really do a little bit of everything. You pair him with Miles Jones, who's coming back. You pair him with Damani Richardson. You pair him with uh Leon O'Neal, Jalen Jones, Devin Morris. You have a six-man rotation that's going to be so dangerous, it's scary. And then you have guys like Brian George and Joshua Moten who don't even have a lot of playing time yet, and Elijah Blades. That's like nine defensive backs who can interchange play after play. But I think the Swiss Army knife of the mall is going to be Johnson. But number one, this is an easy one. This is the one I think everyone's going to say, Devon Chain. H.J. was so under-recruited because nobody knew what to do with him. Do you play him at wide receiver? Do you play him at quarterback? Do you play him at uh, running back? Do you play him at corner? Do you play him at safety? Where, where, where do you play him? Where does he fit? He fits on the football field. That's what he does. And you watch his vertical speed when he gets upfield. If Teams can block like they did this past year. Jalen Weidemeyer does well. Chase Lane in the open field does well. Caleb Chapman back does well. You're gonna see probably nine or 10 50, 60 yard runs from this guy. And he's gonna get downfield in about six seconds. He's gonna literally get the ball from, from, from when his hand touches the ball to the end zone. 60 yards in six seconds, 60 yards in about 75 set, like in about in about seven, eight seconds. He's that fast. He's that elusive. His vision is so strong and he can make plays out of the backfield as a receiver. He's what Anaya Smith can do, but Smith is going to be more so used in a package where you see him be what Tony was dump passes, uh, you know, little, little uh, gadget screens. I think you're going to see him run the ball on third and short. But I think you're going to see him probably play that athlete role. He's not going to be a running back next year. A.H.N.'s going to be the running back. And you pair that speed with Spiller's strength, combine it, it's dangerous. It's not just dangerous, it's lethal. Defenses have no idea how to prepare for something like that that's going to be something to watch for. So A-Chain is my number one player that's going to break out next year. I think every single team in America needs to circle number six when they face him because A-Chain has speed, vision, elusiveness, and more than any of that, heart and determination. That's what you want in a 12th man player. That's what you need in a 12th man player. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Tomorrow's show, Locked on Crossover, Locked on Mizzou, and Locked on Texas A&M. We'll be battling it out, talking all things about the upcoming schedule game this upcoming weekend. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, forgive me, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.